Hello, wherever you are in any part of the world. Hello from my heart to yours. Fuck off, Jerry! 
Hey, what's up, live viewers, and what's up, podcast listeners, and a happy new year to people on the east coast of the United States and uh, all points east, I suppose. Uh, this is the Plex. We do the show every Sunday night, usually 7 p.m., but we decided to start, we, me, decided to start a little bit late tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to do this under the red light, and uh, this show will be a freebie so everybody can get the member's show. Um, just hit up patreon.com slash echoplex to get the member's show. Or if you don't want to go to Patreon, you can just email me, I guess. There's still few of you enough that I can, I can do that. Um, other ways to support this channel, obviously, are at our uh, swag shop, eplex.store. Or you can just go to echoplexmedia.com slash support. Find other ways to support this project going into the new year. And speaking of the new year, going into the new year, I, I just need to remind everybody that... Uh, everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. Everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. Thanks. Everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. <laughs> Thanks. Everything's fine, and everything's fine. I hope you have a real nice day. The weather, the traffic, the time, and the news. How's your commute? What do you do? Sorry I'm late, I kept hitting snooze, it's just one of those days, you know what they say, it is what it is, ignorance is bliss, when it rains it pours, couldn't ask for more, what goes around comes around all in good time, I guess that your guess is as good as mine. to the news uh it's a bit of a slow news week so the uh regular show will be a little bit shorter than usual though the discord did come through with some stories for us this week um great way to ring in the new year for people watching live on the other side of the country right they're like oh the ball just dropped great time to hear about all the things that are fucking wrong with the world but don't worry we're going to open up with something that is extremely right with the world because i didn't know where else to put this on the on the docket so this is uh, something extremely right with the world this is well this is a bit of a concert. Check this out.
absolutely amazing. I figured I'd start with that tonight so that uh, people who uh, just saw the ball drop get to see something cool before uh, this. Um, we got, uh, looks like the former president was also removed from the ballot in Maine. Here's a CNN hit about that. Now I want to bring in James Schultz, former Trump White House lawyer and Bradley Moss, a national security attorney. Uh, Bradley, I want to start with you. Look, with all of these states making these different decisions on the same question, essentially, how urgent is it that the Supreme Court weigh in on this soon? Well, it's going to become extremely urgent. You already saw some of that in the proposed uh, briefing schedule that one of the parties in the litigation before the Supreme Court from Colorado had proposed. They want oral arguments as soon as January 19th. And mind you, we're just dealing with primary ballots right now. We're not even talking about the general election ballots, but that's ultimately where this would go. So there's a very extreme urgency to resolve this so that uh, secretaries of state and the election officials in all these various states can finalize their ballots because there's mail-in balloting issues, there's over overseas ballots for military personnel and Americans living overseas. That has to be done by a certain date so that those election officials can meet their deadlines and get this process started. This has to be resolved one way or the other. Whatever the decision is, it's going to be resolved by the Supreme Court, hopefully sooner than later. And James, look, the, the basic question I think that opponents of these kinds of decisions are making is, isn't this unfair to voters and candidates to have these decisions being made by a patchwork of states, uh, is that the basic question that SCOTUS will be looking at here? No, it's not. I mean, they're going to look at the text of the 14th, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. They're going to make a determination of whether this even applies to the President of the United States. Is there a requirement that there's a, de- a factual determination or a or as a matter of law, determination whether an insurrection occurred. There's going to be a lot of questions, not based upon fairness, but at the end of the day, what was the purpose of that provision in the 14th Amendment? Does it apply to the President of the United States? It specifically lifts off a number of office holders that don't include the President of the United States. So I think in this instance, I think the Supreme Court's likely to go the other way. All of these you have conflicting uh, decisions in various jurisdictions. This really turns on federal law. This is appropriate to be before the United States Supreme Court, and they're going to be the ultimate arbiter of this of this issue. When Bradley, when the Secretary of State in Maine says that the Fourteenth Amendment's Section Three clause is self-executing, what does that mean? I mean, does that mean that it is? Um, in her view, crystal clear how this is all supposed to be adjudicated uh, by people in her position? No, what, what self-executing refers to there is the idea that Congress would have to pass some additional piece of law to actually enforce it in particular circumstances. The concept here is that once the, you know Article 14 was passed, you know, a century or so ago, it automatically was enforced. And that is what happened with various portions of Article 14, whether it was Section 1 and other parts of it were automatically started to get enforced by military and civil authorities, uh, particularly in portions of the South, uh, to protect civil rights. So this has not been addressed in the concept in terms of Section 3. That's part of this first impression. No one really knows how the Supreme Court will rule discussion. But that was her assertion. That's the same assertion as Colorado, is that it automatically is self-executing. We can enforce it. I don't need separate authority from Congress. Yeah. And that's obviously going to be something that, I mean, people are disputing that. That's the central issue here. So, so James, look, the Trump campaign is already trying to get the main secretary of state 
removed from this case. You heard the uh, GOP chair there saying that she should have recused herself. They're raising comments that she's made in tweets uh, about January 6th, about Trump's role in it. Do you think that that will, in fact, be a problem upon appeal? I, I don't look, I don't think whether she should have recused herself or shouldn't have recused herself. This issue is going to come up in a number of different states. This one is going to move to the Supreme Court of Maine and then on to the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, those issues, the issues aren't going to be whether she recuses herself or not. The you know, the interesting thing in Maine is the secretary of state is not elected by the people. The secretary of state is elected by the legislature and the legislature, as we know, in Maine is overwhelmingly democratic. So this is really, you know, at the end of the day, she has it's within the authority of her office to make decisions regarding who goes on the ballot. You know, the validity of that decision is what's going to be questioned and make its way to the main Supreme Court and then ultimately to the Supreme Court of the United States. Hmm. And James Schultz, Bradley Moss, thank you both very much. Anytime. So, everybody, 2024, going to be a shit show. The, these, these decisions are going to the Supreme Court, and should the Supreme Court rule the way that a lot of people don't think they are, that these states are within their rights to do this, we're going to have a fucking problem. I don't think that the Supreme Court or any court should be uh, afraid of the populace when they make a ruling based on a constitutionality of things. But, um, we are going to have a fucking problem if this is upheld. Um, I think there's good reason that it could be upheld. And I am also confident that the Supreme court at this time is so, so deeply partisan that it won't be upheld, but we'll see. We'll see. They may, uh, the Supreme Court may go into fuck around and find out mode, and we'll see what happens here. Um, here are some other, we'll call them the also rans because these people are barely running for president. Unless this guy gets taken off the ballot in enough places, then these people are all running for president, and it's going to be a wild one. But here's uh, the, the response from the uh, GOP also rans. Now, I want to show you what some of Donald Trump's competitors, the other 2024 Republican candidates, are saying on the matter. Take a listen. Really opens up Pandora's box. I don't think that this ultimately will be legally sustained uh, by the U.S. Supreme Court. I stand by my pledge. Any state where Donald Trump is forcibly removed from the ballot in this way, I'll also remove myself. And I challenge. Yeah, but you may have well have also already removed yourself from the ballot, Vivek. Chris Christie. You're running to write a book. To do the same thing. This should be decided by the voters of the United States. It should not be decided by courts. So we also reached out to the Haley team and a senior campaign official referred to her comments that she made after the Colorado Supreme Court ruling, which is basically let the voters decide. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's sort of where the Supreme Court's going to end up on this. But then that that makes some problems because the Supreme Court, they're all like states' rights and shit. And like, but they just generally mean the states' rights uh, to uh, discriminate against people. Um, and by people, I don't mean uh, Donald Trump. Here's Trump's attorney. She's an idiot. 
exactly right. I think an impeachment is a good start. However, I would encourage the attorney general or the district attorneys in Maine to take a closer look at this and possibly investigate her for abuse of authority, abuse of power and election interference, because this no doubtedly is election interference, even if she's overruled, even if the likely outcome, which is that Trump will be on the ballot, even if that happens, she is interfering with the election by putting out all of this propaganda, this narrative that Trump isn't going to be ineligible, trying to instill fear in the voters that, oh, maybe I shouldn't vote for him because maybe he won't, you know, maybe I shouldn't follow him because he won't be on the ballot. They're trying to discourage people from supporting Donald Trump, thinking he's got all these legal problems. That is thinking he's got all these legal problems is wild. Ma'am, you're his attorney. You're his defense attorney in several cases. Like, ma'am, ma'am, even if you think the, the legal trouble is bullshit, he has legal problems. He's got legal problems. So I don't know whose bright idea this next one was. They let uh, one Mr. Rudolph Giuliani go on WABC uh, today. Uh, not, not, not the wisest thing to do. They're going to get something bad out of it. Will they get the Trump people to get uh, violent? Will Trump uh, overreact? Will people, when you do enough of this, will people say, oh, maybe there's something to it? Uh, it, it isn't working. I mean, it isn't working, thank goodness. Uh, yeah, but I think they think that maybe it will. Maybe it'll produce something for them. It's almost like throwing a Hail Mary pass in football. I mean, they're getting buried right now. I mean, if Trump is ahead by three or four points in any poll, he's ahead by 10. Look at the accolades she got, Judith. That night she was on CNN, MSNBC. Oh, she's sucking for She blizzard. had radical yeah. left lawyers saying you okay my mistake this is uh wabc uh published this audio this is not actually uh him on wabc i figure i don't listen to the clips prior to the fucking show so um this is actually him this is just wabc publishing audio of his radio show or him on a radio show who interpreted it the 14th amendment correctly i'd like the most brilliant prosecutor yeah, of our me, time to talk about so that 14th when, you amendment. Get, when you get a chance take out the 14th amendment and go to section three and look at it carefully and you will not see the office of president of the united states listed there That's uh, right. uh, it, it begins with senator or representative then electors to president and vice president, and then and then it says um, any any other office. Well, I'm sure I'm sorry. You don't include president under any other office. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you. Any other office includes the president, sir. <laughs> That's uh, fucking stupid. It's literally uh, the office. Usually disqualifying somebody for it, but then just in case you need any any more help, there's a section five which maybe she's too dumb to read. That says Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provision of this article. She's not Congress. And if a single right. person who isn't even elected can take somebody out of a presidential race, then we're a dictatorship. And that's not a democracy. Absolutely. That's a democracy. That's not a democracy. They are proving. Well, that's not a dictatorship either. Even if you think this is the wrong thing to do, it's, she's not a dictator. She's. That, that's not a bit of dic- No, no, no. That's um, uh, If you believe that it's an abuse of power, then it's abuse of power. But. Uh, that's not what dictatorship means. About if you elect Trump, he'll be a dictator. There'll be no democracy. They are proving to us that they're just repeating what they do, like they usually do. Project Trump was president for four years. He did nothing anti-democratic. He didn't do the crap they're doing. He didn't put Hillary in jail or try to put Hillary in jail. He could have. Actually, he should have. 
Well, no, that would be the Department of Justice that does that. We have a thing called the separation of powers, and the president is supposed to keep his hands off the fucking DOJ. <laughs> but he didn't do the things they're doing. They're the ones who have taken away democracy. And this, right. is, and this is about as dramatic example as you're going to get. One single, unelected, partisan hack, big Biden, met Biden twice, gone to the White House twice, written horrible things about Trump, can just say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to misinterpret the 14th Amendment and take him off the ballot. Where, where, where are we, Venezuela? And I'd like to say something. So it wasn't just one person. I imagine that this was a that a discussion was had within the office of the Secretary of State. Now, it doesn't mean I think they made the right decision or anything like that. I'm just saying that the idea that this person did this by fiat, sort of without like consulting anybody else in the office, seems uh, unlikely. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. I suppose. Up next, uh, Nikki Haley really done fucked up this week. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what happened. Check this out. Please, um, what was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War... That's an easy question. ...war was basically how government was going to run. The freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry? I'm not running for president. If you couldn't hear it, he said, I'm not running for president. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic. <laughs> we need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties, so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. What do you want me to say about slavery? Next question. <laughs> that one's so easy. You know, the proximate cause of the Civil War was that the, the, the South wanted to uh, keep slavery and that the, the, the North had uh, overturned slavery and the South seceded from the Union because of that. Were there other factors at play? Sure. But they weren't big. <laughs> the big one was slavery. Just say that. Like, nobody's going to get mad at you, lady. Like, you're not going to win anyway. So just like keep keep try to keep a tiny shred of what's left of what some people might have once thought was your dignity and just answer the goddamn fucking question. Up next we got uh, Chris Christie talking about this exchange here. <laughs> I'm from the South. Of course you know it's about slavery. I guess if you grow up in the South, it's a given that it's about slavery. It was definitely a Democrat plant. It was a Democrat plant. Governor, but the question, it doesn't matter who the fuck, that's like, that's like the, um, that's the ad hominem fallacy where the question is illegitimate because of the, the, the type of person who asked it. It's not just an ad hominem attack or whatever, where you're just insulting somebody. That's literally like, this is an invalid question because this person might disagree with my politics. Well, they're at the fucking town hall meeting and they asked the question. Through your share of New Hampshire town halls, <laughs> a lot of them, in fact, uh, what did you make uh, of the efforts to clean up yesterday? 
Um, pretty poor, Phil. And look, here's the here's the bottom line on this. Nikki Haley, as I defended her in the fourth debate, as you remember, yeah. is a smart woman and she knows better. Um, look, she's been having this problem for decades in terms of her answer about this. If you go back to her running for governor in 2010, she said that the Civil War was about change versus tradition. She called slavery a tradition. I mean, to be fair, it was. And change versus tradition. It's not change versus tradition, Phil. It's right versus wrong. And our entire party was founded on the idea of the abolition of slavery. And, you know, let's stop with the, you know, with the comments about, well, I'm from the South, so you know that. Well, then she should have said that and known that the first reason given in the secession notice from the South Carolina government at the time the Civil War began was because the North opposed the expansion of slavery to the Western territories. Now, Nikki knows all that, and she's not saying it because she's she's afraid to say it, because this has been her whole campaign. She does not want to offend anyone. She won't tell the truth about Donald Trump, even though she knows that he was the cause of January 6th. She won't say it, even though she knows that he regularly lies. She won't say it. And even last night, Phil, she was asked by a voter again in New Hampshire, would she categorically rule out being Donald Trump's vice president? And she won't answer the question. These are simple questions for, to a smart woman. And when she doesn't answer them, the answer to that is <clears throat> if you won't rule it out, you go, I'm not going to rule it out. The vice president is a very important position, and I think I would be good at the job no matter who the president is. That's like a reasonable answer. I believe she's being a slippery, slick politician who wants to be everything to everybody. And it's too late in this game to do that. Governor, she was at, uh, Governor Haley was asked last night uh, by somebody who's weighing the two of you uh, who to vote for in New Hampshire, which I think is, a, is a, not an insignificant amount of people in New Hampshire right now. Um, and, I, and I want you to listen to what she responded. Take a listen. is obsessed with Trump. I mean, God bless him, he's a friend. He's obsessed with Trump. He sleeps, eats, and breathes it every day. I'm thinking bigger than that. How do you respond to that? Yeah, she, if, if you call it being evasive and on both sides of an issue bigger, then I guess she is being bigger than that. I mean, look, it's pretty simple here. Donald Trump has been leading in the polls in this race by... 20, 25 points for months, and she won't talk about him. She says he was the right president at the right time. She says that for some reason, chaos and drama follow him wherever he goes. You know, Phil, that's like the arsonist saying, you know, for some reason, burning buildings follow me wherever I go. This is a guy who sets these fires, divides this country, lies to us on a regular basis, um, and is under four criminal indictments. And Nikki Haley calls him the right president at the right time and won't preclude being his vice president. Look, this is the important thing for people out there who don't want more of Donald Trump. She's willing to be his running mate. And until she says he isn't, she isn't willing to do that, then we must assume she is, that she's protecting this. And look, if she's wondering about how to answer these questions in New Hampshire, I'm sure Governor Sununu will explain it to her. And hopefully he will over the course of the next 24 hours for her sake. But right now, I think New Hampshire is seeing the slippery, 
slick Nikki Haley, who won't answer questions definitively, won't say whether she's willing to be his vice president, won't say whether Donald Trump is unfit to be president, won't say whether slavery is the cause of the Civil War definitively. Um, these are the kind of things that are done to try to protect certain constituencies, Phil. I mean, the fact of the matter is she won't bring up slavery because she's you know, nervous about offending anybody who believes there was another cause for the Civil War. <sighs> this guy, by the way, this guy could probably win if he was nominated too. I think uh, Nikki Haley could win. I think um, Chris Christie could win uh, versus Joe Biden. I think a Vivek Ramaswamy would not win versus Joe Biden because he's like, he's, you know, just, fucking just too much just a little too much just a bit too much for a lot of people he's too <clears throat> i don't know he's too like condescending in a non-funny or interesting way but <clears throat> neither none of these people have a chance donald trump is going to be the nominee and um we'll have to see how it goes here uh, nikki haley uh continues with her problems here here's nikki haley uh versus a fourth grader hey little guy He's not going to give you the mic. No, hold it. Oh, shout out to that kid. He's like, actually, I would like to hold the microphone. More like 20-year-olds at uh, Ben Shapiro events need to do that when security's standing there holding the mic. You go, you mind if I hold this? I'm going to give it back to you. So, thank you, Nikki. I wanted to ask you, so Chris Christie thinks that you're a flip-flopper on the Donald Trump issue. And honestly, I agree with him. And you're basically the new John Kerry on the... <laughs> you remember John Kerry from 2004. So my kids in fourth grade and doesn't remember John Kerry from 2004. This is, there's something going on here. How, how can you be, how can you change your opinion like that in just eight years and will you pardon Donald Trump? So first, tell me what your name is. Adam? And Adam, how old are you? I am nine almost. Nine almost. So fourth, fifth grade? No, fourth grade. Well, I, for one, am very proud of you for coming. And very proud of you for listening. And very proud of you for asking that question. So the first thing I'll tell you is, politics is about distraction, right? And so people like my friends, Chris Christie, are gonna say she's a flip-flopper. But let's look at it. What's he saying I'm flip-flopping on? He's basically saying that I'm not hitting Trump hard enough, right? Or at all. The interesting part of this whole situation is anti-Trumpers, think I don't hate him enough. And pro-Trumpers think I don't love him enough. And at the end of the day, the fact is, I'm just telling you the truth. Like at the end of the day, that's then nobody's going to vote for you. <laughs> it's not personal for me. It's never been personal for me. I told you I think he was the right president at the right time. I told you that I agree with a lot of his policies. But do Which I ones? think he's the right president to go forward? No. We can't handle the chaos anymore. <laughs> Then fucking go after him. If this, I don't know if this lady actually fucking pivots and says, you know what, let's go and goes after Trump. I think she might, she might have some kind of, there might be a chance of her beating him. Is obsessed with Trump. 
I mean, God bless him. He's a friend. He's obsessed with Trump. He sleeps, eats, and breathes it every day. I'm thinking bigger than that. If we do that, we're no different than Trump. That's what we're trying to get away from. Does this sweater say ski on it? It says ski is on the, it. Is she's like, she's like so bad at connect because she thinks people up there ski because it's cold. She's like, I need a sweater that says ski on it. About a person. This is about a country. We're better than that. We're bigger than that. So I am who I am. I tell my truth just like you told your truth. Except I am no John Kerry. <laughs> his question he asked if I would pardon Trump and I've answered this before I would pardon Trump and the reason is first of all we don't know what they're going to find innocent guilty any of that and we want everybody to be innocent until proven guilty but the second thing is if he is found guilty a leader needs to think about what's in the best interest of the country What's in the best interest of the country is not to have an 80-year-old man sitting in jail that continues to divide our country. What's in the best interest of the country would be to pardon him so that we can move on as a country and no longer talk about him. So the problem with that, and I think that, that it would come up actually in this case, is that uh, to accept a presidential pardon, first of all, she can't, the president cannot pardon people for state crimes. And I think the I think who's coming after Trump hardest and who has the best case against him is Georgia, the state of Georgia. So she can't do that. <clears throat> but also, <clears throat> for if he is convicted of a federal crime, part of the pardon process is that you have to admit guilt. <clears throat> that is part of the pardon process. And I don't know if the man would do it. Just don't know if the man would do it. I don't know, though. He's, he's lived a life of privilege. Put him in jail for a fucking just like two days. He'd probably do anything to get the fuck out of there. <clears throat> we usually put uh, sore loser Carrie Lake in uh, red light, but because she's here talking about uh, Nikki Haley, um, let's uh, <clears throat> let's see what she has to say. So, so, Carrie, I hate to put you on the spot here, but at America Fest, you were the number one write-in candidate for VP. We didn't have you on there because of obviously the Senate race. I mean, I'm sure, would, would you accept that as your priority on the Senate race? Because I'm sure people are mentioning you like crazy to be vi vice president for Trump. You know, it's kind of funny. We have so many incredible people in our movement, Charlie. I've even heard your name mentioned. So, hey. Well, I'm not old enough. <laughs> I'm putting I'm, you on the spot. I'm not old but enough. But what I'm saying is we have so many incredible people in our movement that President Trump has a large pool of great contenders to choose from. My focus right now is my U.S. Senate race and getting President Trump the victory he needs. Honestly, I am gravely concerned about our country. We have to fight like heck to get President Trump to win. The polls show he's up 55 and 60 points. I don't rest my, my uh, lightly on, on the uh, polls. Because I've had we were looking for rest on my laurels. We were trying. That showed us up 12 points. So we've seen what happened in, in elections in the past. So we have to be up and we have to fight hard for President Trump. Um, he'll pick somebody great. Whoever he picks, I'm going to get behind and support. Wait, wait, would, you, um, wait, would you be sad if he picked Nikki Haley? I don't think he will. I really don't. I don't I think, think it would be the will. smartest thing. The smartest person for him to pick is Nikki Haley. I think that she has gone over to the dark side. She's part of the uh, warmonger movement. The Republican Party, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a big 
alert to tell everybody is no longer the party of the warmonger. Yes. And so I don't believe that. I, I think he would pick anybody over her because I think that she is uh, has gone that far over to the dark side. So, no, I don't think he'll pick her. But I don't know. We'll have to ask President Trump. They're trying to make that a story, aren't they, to try to bolster her well, numbers? No, I, I, I know some people that were lobbying him very hard the other day. I just want President Trump to come out and say decisively, no, I'm not going to pick Nikki Haley as VP. <clears throat> I don't think he will either, but it'd be fucking pretty smart for him to do it. It's the smart play. Who the fuck out Carrie Lake? He, I mean, I think Carrie Lake is probably on his short list <laughs> because that's a dumb play. Um, it's a dumb play. It's going to turn off moderates or even like staunch conservatives be turned off. It's not like they're going to go vote for Joe Biden. They might just fucking stay home. Is she crazy? <sighs> anyway, here's uh, <clears throat> here's Fox News. Uh, they they're pretty sure that the uh, DeSantis campaign is over, and I think they're uh, correct. Make the patient comfortable. That's what advisors are actually referring to with Ron DeSantis. That is an awful comment uh, to hear. Uh, I, I got to ask you, Tim, you know, that comment, it could mark the beginning of the end of DeSantis's campaign. Um, this is obviously unwelcome news, but it also comes less than three weeks before the make or break January 15th Iowa caucuses. It's less than three weeks before uh, that. So where does the governor end his campaign. I mean, he, he must finish in the top two spots or he risks dropping out of the 2024 Republican primary. Um, what do you see in the future of, of DeSantis's campaign? I think DeSantis probably ends his campaign, and this is one thing that I agree with Donald Trump on, uh, falling like an ailing bird from the sky. This campaign never took off. Uh, there was never enough momentum. You have uh, strategists saying that uh, he is now Ted Cruz without the personality instead of Trump without the drama, which we were promised. And like Matt said, I think he's going to stay until Iowa. Uh, he needs a first or a very good second place finish in yes, order to does. continue in order for this campaign to go on. All right, we're going to have to wait and see. It is only three weeks away, so... <clears throat> There's a non-zero chance that Ron DeSantis finishes behind Vivek Ramaswamy in the first fucking caucus, dude. I mean, it. this has not gone well for him. He's not getting press. When he does get press, it's always pretty negative. Um, he's like just kind of seen as like a robot, which is weird, really, because his... <clears throat> his policies are like terrifying. Like he's his policy-wise, I think he's probably a little worse than Trump. But he just seems a robot. Like somebody in chat was saying, you have to play the clip of him um, freezing. I didn't actually put that on the docket, but we can run that during the post game because the show's a freebie this week, so everybody will get it, or if they want it, they can get it, I suppose. Up next, we got Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, <laughs> here's who he, if, if you know, when he gets the nomination, um, here's who he is uh, floating for his uh, vice president pick. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I think I'd take someone, I'd give you a model of somebody who I'm not going to choose, but to give you a sense. And we got a list of people that, that fit some of the same qualities. Elon Musk, I think, would be a great vice president, actually. Somebody who can cut through bureaucracy. Somebody who's competent. And right now, you got a vice president and Kamala Harris, who, uh, <laughs> she's in charge of AI policy for the U.S. She can't spell AI. <laughs> so you got to have competence, but you got to have fortitude. And, I, I, and the top job of vice president is you got to be able to be the president. A president who's going to bring that same level of fortitude. And so, you know, Mike Pence type figure wouldn't work for me. It just wouldn't, because I think the responsibility you're taking 
is that you don't want, I mean, it's sometimes I'm not the kind of guy who wants, what should I say, sycophants around me, potted plants, people who don't have opinions. That's <laughs> why so I would never make for a good vice president. I have, I have this thing called independent opinions. <laughs> and historically, you know, you go to Mike Pence, Joe Biden, go, go all the way back. You got, uh, you know, George Bush. He was always a heartbeat away from the presidency. I know he wasn't actually vice president. But oh, you didn't mention Cheney. You're afraid he's going to shoot you in the face like he did his lawyer? Kind of behaved like one. I think that that's, uh, that's going to be a top job as somebody who could bring the same skill set that I'm describing for you should something happen to me. That's the top job you should actually look for, not who am I going to work well with, who's going to listen to what I say. That's the way most presidents look at it. The way I look at it is, you're right, you strike the swamp, the swamp's going to strike back. Told you they're not going to let Trump come anywhere near the White House. But once they see what I'm bringing to Washington D.C., they're going to like. They're not going to like my presence there very much either. It's going to have to be somebody who could do the same job that I'm looking to do, and I would look for somebody who is at least as good, if not better, than me in the domains we're going to need to cut through that bureaucracy. So we're we're working on a list of those kind of people. Got about five or six on there. They're not going to be congressmen or senators or people who grew up within that very establishment we're trying to break. Elon Musk would be the example of a person who wasn't born in this country. <laughs> but that's the kind of quality I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, but you're like, <clears throat> this guy's like, I don't, I don't want, I wouldn't want someone who'd be a sycophant, yeah. and I'm not a sycophant, so I'd be bad at being the vice president. This dude's a sycophant. This dude loves the shit out of Elon Musk. Probably thinks Elon's going to buy him a fucking horse one day. <clears throat> like, but that would be a nightmare. <clears throat> But it, uh, for the Democrats, that'd be pretty good if it was Vivek and Elon Musk. <laughs> what a disaster! They wouldn't even fill out the fucking paperwork. Everything like it wouldn't. They just wouldn't do enough. They do so many things wrong that wouldn't. They would just lose by default. They'd be like, "Oh, I don't need to do that," and then all of a sudden they wouldn't do things that they need to do as part of the campaign, and then they fucking they'd be losing by default and shit. It would be amazing, but uh, that's never going to happen. <clears throat> uh, Trump might pick Elon Musk. I don't think so, because Elon Musk is richer than Trump, and Trump don't um, <laughs> Trump don't like that. <laughs> also, somebody in chat said, "Yeah, I don't think Elon's eligible because he's not a natural-born United States citizen." So that's also something. So up next, we got a uh, Lauren Boebert. I didn't know that you could just decide to switch congressional districts when you're a fucking incumbent. Like, how does this work? She's going to switch congressional districts after a year of personal mistakes? This seems strange. Hey everyone, I hope you had a great Christmas with your family and loved ones. I hope it was full of laughter and joy. After all, joy is not just a suggestion, it is our battle plan. Now for this video, let's get right to it. Today, I am announcing- God, what an expensive and ugly kitchen. ...for the 2024 Republican nomination to represent Colorado's fourth congressional district in the United States House of Representatives. It's the right move for me personally, and it's the right decision for those who support our conservative- Yeah, but what district do you live in? This is the right move for Colorado, for us. Since the first day I ran for public office, 
I promised I would do whatever it takes to stop the socialists and communists from taking over our country. I will fight for my district. Up, up, no, not anymore. I'm going to go fight for another district. That means staying <laughs> in the fight. But it also means not allowing Hollywood elites and progressive money groups to buy the third district, a seat that they have no business owning. I buy the. Th- oh, she's getting out fundraised by her opponent. That's right. Like, he's like absolutely demolishing her on fundraising. I will not allow dark money that is directed at destroying me personally to steal this seat. It's not fair to the third district and the conservatives there. It's not fair to the third district. So bye. I'm just going to abandon you. Bye. Have fought so hard for our victories of which I'm incredibly grateful, but also bye. Personally, this announcement is a fresh start following a pretty difficult year for me and my family. I had never been in politics before and I'd never been through a divorce, something I never intended to go through. I've made my own personal mistakes and have owned up and apologized for them. It's tested my faith, my strength, and my abilities, both as a mom and a congresswoman. It's been humbling and challenging, but it's also given me perspective and helped me grow. I cannot put into words how grateful I am for everyone who has steadfastly stood alongside of me in the third district. But also goodbye. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. If you stood by me in the third district, well, you know. I don't know what to tell you. I guess you got to vote for the person who, somebody else, sorry. Across America, the relationships we have cultivated over the past few years are deeply cherished and unbreakable. 2024 is going to be tough. We cannot lose the third and Colorado's fourth district is hungry for an unapologetic- We can't lose the third district. (laughs) But don't worry, I'm not going to fight for it of freedom with a proven track record of standing strong for conservative principles we have to protect our majority in the house yeah yeah she's fucking looking at some polling and her likely democratic opponent is out fundraising her and like in a dead heat with her and she only beat the same guy by like 500 votes and this was before all this fucking shit happened and win the presidency President Trump has made it very clear that when we take back the White House, he needs our conservative voices heard loud and clear. I love Colorado's third, and I will continue working as hard as I can for the remainder of my term to be a great representative for everyone in this district. But I also spent years living on the front range and years representing rural America. The third and fourth congressional districts comprise nearly 85% of Colorado's footprint and have less than 20 people per square mile. Rural America deserves a strong voice that fights for their freedoms. The American people are struggling with groceries, inflation, utility bills, and other monthly expenses that were fueled by Biden's spending spree. I know all too well how damaging the liberals have been to our entire state here in Colorado. I will be moving to the fourth in 2024 and will continue to take my conservative fight. (laughs) The conservative fight. She afraid of the fight directly to them and the Aspen donors, George Soros and Hollywood actors that are trying to buy the seat. Well, they can go pound sand. We, and and, and (laughs) somebody else can visit out somebody else's problem. Actually. Oh my God. This is not a, this is not fighting. This is running away. 
she's running away. She's like, this is going to be a, a tough fight, and I am going to run away. We aren't going to give them the opportunity to steal the third. Republicans will hold the third, and I'll proudly represent the fourth, and Republicans will be stronger for it. The future of our country is on the line. I'm going to continue to fight every day to secure the border, put a stop to Bidenomics, and reduce inflation, increase water storage, support ranchers and farmers, responsibly develop American energy and minerals, stop wokeism, and get back on track. I did not arrive at this decision easily. A lot of prayer, a lot of tough And God said, hey lady, you're gonna lose. And a lot of perspective had convinced me that this is the best way I can continue to fight for Colorado, for the conservative movement, and for my children's future, and for the future of our great country. I love you. I appreciate all of your support more than you will ever know. May God continue to bless you. May he have his hand over our great nation. God bless America. Thank you all. <laughs> She's like, um, I fight for the third district, uh, but now I will no longer be fighting for the third district because it looks like I'm going to lose. So I'm going to move a little. I'm going to take, take, go move and go buy a house in another district. I hope she loses the primary in the fourth district. Like, because she said the fourth district is conservative. So I assume there's an incumbent there. <clears throat> Although who knows, who knows what kind of, I don't know. Maybe the incumbent is termed out or no, they don't term out. I'm sorry. Maybe the incumbent is not running again, or maybe now they're not running again. Maybe there's some deal made who fucking knows. I just know that it's amazing to listen to her talk about um, how she's a fighter and I'm going to fight and I'm going to fight, but Oh, Nope, not here. Not here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this is um, <clears throat> uh, Jared Bernstein. He is uh, a Council of Economic Advisors chair, and he is uh, on Fox News Sunday talking about the economy. Well, I think on New Year's Day, a good place to start is uh, let's look at what folks were saying uh, last New Year's at the beginning of this year. <clears throat> you had most financial outlets and many economists assuring us that a recession was inevitable mm -hmm. and uh, that the unemployment rate would have to rise many points in order to get inflation down. Uh, go back a year and a half and the price of gas was north of $5 a gallon. Today, as I sit and talk to you on New Year's Eve day, there is no recession. Uh, unemployment has been below 4% for 22 months in a row. The price of gas this morning was $3.11 on average across the nation and below $3 a gallon in 28 states. Now, this combination of lowering inflation and inflation is on a solid glide path back to its pre-pandemic pre rate. This combination of tight labor markets and easing prices has led to real wage gains. On a yearly basis, wages for mid-level workers have been beating prices for nine months in a row. That's a trend, Mike, not okay. a blip. Now, you reasonably ask, why isn't that uh, reaching more Americans? Well, if we look at our two most closely watched measures of consumer uh, sentiment, consumer confidence, they both rose big time in uh, December. One was up 10%, the other a whopping 14%. Now that's one month, that's not yet a trend. But it's certainly suggestive that the measures that this president is taking to help provide support and relief to families like the one he grew up in are working and that people are starting to feel it. 
No, nah, I don't think it's the president. But I mean, if things are getting better, yeah, the fucking the White House and the Democrats are uh, doing a, a bad job of messaging on it, as they always do. I mean, that's just their job is to do a bad job of uh, messaging when things are going fairly well. It, <clears throat> they're always letting the other side uh, determine whether or not things are going well. Are wars good? Well, the other side actually gets to decide that. Is the economy going well? Well, we actually kind of have to let the other side decide that. And that's because these the Democrats are feckless. They're a feckless, spineless political party. They Their policies are overwhelmingly preferred by most Amer- by Americans on most issues, and they just can't lean into it. They don't know how to lean. They're stupid. I wish we had a functioning even just a functioning center-left party in the United States. My God. But instead, we have the Democrats. Here is uh, Lindsey Graham. I'm going to talk about God's chicken. Radicals, not Donald Trump. So this Colorado uh, uh, decision won't stand. It's time for us all to fight back. Speaking of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, did you see the pause there? Speaking of Chick-fil-A. Even the fucking dumb fucks on what I think this Fox and Friends didn't. Know, they just were like, "No, I'm not laughing at that." Like I, I well, like fuck. I guess I have to laugh now. But at that after that pause, they're probably laughing at the situation. Are you prompting us to ask you a question? Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. You know, the guy on before me, the Christian guy, wasn't that an awesome and dad? And the same yeah, so, What a yeah. reasonable man. What, what an unbelievably reasonable man. So the state of New York, where I'm at, wants to pass a law to make Chick-fil-A stay open on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can have a Satan club in high school, surely they can close on Sunday because they believe it's the Lord's day so uh dan kathy's out there watching us to the chick-fil-a people you stand your ground i've got your back it's illegal what they're trying to do trying to make chick-fil-a stay open on sunday violates their constitutional rights and this is one of the most liberal places in the world yeah, we'll and we're going to fight you new york we're not going to give in to this Sunday, it's wednesday, Th- this is wednesday for you so this I hope is that you're god's hungry. chicken look at that <laughs> listen you've got it you've got a georgian here hosting oh. for three hours today it took a South Carolinian to come on and tell us that we need to stand up for Georgia's own Chick-fil-A here in New York City. I'll tell you what, don't take Chick-fil-A What's your order? You. What's your order? What's your favorite? Oh, this, oh, this, uh, the minis. Oh, my goodness. You like the minis. Here's what. Those kids in the Satan Club buying some chicken minis, you'll turn them around. The bottom line is... Well, Popeye's makes a uh, far superior uh, chicken sandwich. Conservatives are tolerant. We are, you know, kind of get out of your business. Mm-hmm. You leave yeah. me alone, I'll leave you alone. It's time to push back. I'm sure this is a publicity stunt, but the idea that the state of New York is going to make a company change its policies ahead from its founding, mm-hmm. they want to have one day off of the employees to recognize the Lord, Yeah, look, and and they can do it, and yep. to the people in New York who are pushing this, you're in, you're in for one hell of a fight. Yeah. Something Graham, tells me this will be a legal case. Thank you for coming here and bringing this chicken. Yeah, we'll yeah. leave it here because I need to eat my chicken biscuit before <laughs> I If anybody's earned today. a Chick-fil-A biscuit, it's you. <laughs> thank you very much God for being bless. Happy New Year. So what I'm seeing in chat is that New York is making the turnpike leases all for uh, 24-hour businesses because of trucking. So that pro- this probably doesn't affect all Chick-fil-A's. That they're like not like uh, freeway, right? If it's like in downtown New York or whatever, I'm assuming this does not uh, affect um, Chick-fil-A. It's just uh, places the truckers go. Yeah, that makes sense. I would 
<clears throat> I think that's a decent use of government, actually, to make it so that people who drive for a living don't show up somewhere and the fucking place is closed. Yeah, that, that makes sense. What if they need to piss? It's illegal to piss on the side of the road, though it shouldn't be, as long as you're not showing your stuff to everybody or whatever. But who knows? This is this is probably a non-issue. I I don't I don't think this is a big deal. But just watching him watching him try to jump on this as if like as if this is a, a thing that's going to make him popular. People hate Lindsey Graham. Uh, he keeps getting reelected though, so I guess his constituents don't hate him, or maybe just nobody runs against him. So. Maybe that they could be that that maybe nobody runs against him. And um, anyway, that's a dude who needs to retire. Up next, Fox's the five is actually kind of interesting. Sometimes now they got this like kind of I guess nominally uh, liberal lady on there. She's pretty cool actually. She seems pretty smart. I kind of like her, and she's like not afraid to sort of rope a dope with the pe- other people on the five. And I mean that's an easy rope a dope because the other people on the five are fucking idiots. So uh, here's here's a fun a clip from the five around two points down in the averages there. There are a slew of polls, including swing state polls, where he's leading Donald Trump. And frankly, there is this denialism about what the last elections have said. Democrats won in 2020. Joe Biden did that by millions of votes on top of it. And by, the electoral By election. suppressing a laptop. Um, and oh, my God. You think that the election. Hunter Biden's yes, penis poll. pictures were going to sway this? It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's about <laughs> then, this was about go. penis pictures. No, no, no. Oh. This wasn't about ahead. penis pictures. Well, then I don't want to see any more penis pictures or crap. Well, types. hopefully we won't. And there uh, went the Hunter Biden's laptop <laughs> is wrapped up. Up straight ahead. <laughs> they are making a huge deal about this. Social media did make a mistake by uh, suppressing the story. I think letting the story ride and letting people just say, well, this story doesn't make any fucking sense. The first story that came out about it didn't make any fucking sense. So they did make a mistake, but I don't think it swayed the election. I don't think it had, I don't think it's, in fact, I think the fact that it was um, suppressed by social media may have driven turnout the other way. Anyway, we have another cat video. It's not even Catterday. We have another cat video. This, this is, this was the best gift that this, this, these people, I just, this guy, I suppose, or that this person could have bought that, could have bought this kitty. Check this out. If you're listening to the podcast, the audio-only version of this, you're just going to have to either look at the docket, check out the uh, the show notes, or check the video version out on Odyssey. Hi, kitty. Good kitty. <laughs> oh, the guy was wearing two two beanies. Oh, the cat was like, "You win this time, but only this time." Cat next time is gonna pull off the first beanie with uh, right paw and the second beanie with left paw. That was a good kitty. So we have another kind of fun clip here. This is um the day after the purge. It's gonna be awkward. Probably going to be a little bit awkward, depending on what you do. Hey, how, uh, how are how 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 are you doing? Good, good. I I see you survived the purge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- congrats to you as well. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you killed my wife last night. 
I did, yeah. Uh, my bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a bummer. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough thing about the purge. Hey guys, how was your purge? Don killed my wife. Okay. This is the purge, un unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Tim, you actually lit my house on fire last night. <sighs> I I um I don't. Oh no no it was a hundred percent you I have the, like the security footage and and whatnot. Yeah my bad. Yeah yeah. It's gonna be 90 degrees tomorrow. Oh, jeez. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> pretty fucking funny. That, that gal's videos are always pretty good, actually. I, I enjoy them. We got just a couple more here before we go into the, uh, what would normally be red light, though. We've been under red lights this whole time. This comes from, this one comes from a friend of the show, Chris Cavanaugh of Decoding the Gurus. Um, and this is uh, a health, uh, one of them health science bros uh, talking about uh, acupuncture and how it's been scientifically proven. And then, wouldn't you know it, I got into an argument with some people on Twitter in the comments on this. <laughs> wouldn't you know it? Propagate this. And, you know, one of the goals of the podcast has been to try and shed shine light on ideas that at first seem crazy. Like, I know you and I are both um, semi-obsessed with the health benefits of light. And you hear about this stuff like negative ion therapy. It sounds crazy, right? It sounds like something you would only hear about at Esalen or in Big Sur. Turns out negative ionization or Big Sur? for sleep and mood is based on really amazing. Big Sur is a tourist town. All you hear about in Big Sur is tourist stuff. Work out of Columbia by a guy named Michael Terman. The Nobel Prize, I think it was in 1916, was given for phototherapy for the treatment of lupus. Like this idea that certain wavelengths of light can help treat medical conditions is not a new idea. But somehow we see a red light. We're not used to seeing red lights except in sunsets and on stoplights. I mean, we're used to them here, but the, the, okay, so there, there's things that light are good for, like vitamin D. There's, um, I don't know if what he's saying about lupus is true, but I would, I would grant him that that's true. But that doesn't mean that like all every kind of light therapy is good or that we should take seriously the claims of those people who sell those fucking... You know, those, th the fucking, those light things, I don't even know what they are, just grifters selling like weird light masks and shit. And somehow it bothers people or it makes them feel like... Well, it undermines a, um, a business model mm -hmm. that doesn't take red light into consideration. Right. What? Until it does. And then... It undermines my business model then. And then it's co-opted there. And the place, that, what I look to is acupuncture. You know, for a lot of years, people said, well, acupuncture, this is like no mechanism, no mechanism, no mechanism. There's a, a lab at Harvard, a guy named Chu Fu Ma, who I know reasonably well, whose laboratory is dedicated to trying to figure out the biological mechanisms of acupuncture. And they are discovering what everyone has known for thousands of years, which is that incredible effects on anti-inflammation, the gut microbiome. <laughs> so, uh, no. I have a friend who was having a terrible back problem. And I suggested that he see an acupuncturist and he went to the acupuncturist that I suggested and his back problem completely healed almost instantaneously. Yeah, this is a red flag for any uh, medical claim. <clears throat> Even about a time-tested uh, procedure, much less something that isn't time-tested verified and i asked him you know have you been keeping up because he had another another flare-up he's like no i i can't go back there because acupuncture doesn't work i said well it you saw it work for you he's like yeah but there's no science wow yeah 
he's got it. There is now there's good science and published in premier journals. What was peer review like on the publication of that? So uh, acupuncture, as far as I know, I did some digging on this because I got an argument with somebody on Twitter about it. I was like, let me make sure I'm right here. So what's been found about uh, things like acupuncture, mostly acupuncture, but also uh, aromatherapy is like this too. You go to a place, they have like nice music playing soft music and um, it smells good in there and somebody's paying attention to you. And then that just, placebo effect that's it if you want to go have acupuncture fucking go for it tip well like whatever that person's got bills to pay too i ain't mad at them i ain't mad at them it's not like the chiropractors where they're putting you in a danger you know as long as they're like cleaning the needles and whatnot there's not a lot of danger associated with people doing acupuncture so like whatever like do it but that doesn't mean it's like a science-based treatment for anything up next, our last clip for the the podcast, people. Though, again, you can all get the whole show at patreon.com slash echoplex. It'll be a freebie. We've got Seth MacFarlane on the Bill Maher Show, and they're going to talk about uh, COVID and vaccines. And uh, Seth MacFarlane does a pretty good job here. But then why are doctors wrong about so much? Well, and well very they're often, right about a lot, too. And ver- yes, and but very often people who aren't doctors have been righter about things. Um, like, 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 what would be an example of that? I would think uh, this country did not allow for um, uh, natural immunity to be considered. And I know this is a <laughs> subject dear to your heart. Yes. Like, even if you had the disease, you still had to get a vaccine. That's powerful, stupid. They don't do that in Europe. I think well, they do that here. There's mandatory vaccination in grade in schools. Right, but if you MMRs. already, but if you already had the disease, you have natural immunity. We didn't see that. Was, we didn't, that, that we was, didn't seem that was, to believe in that. That was here. debunked, though. I mean, that was that, that's I mean, not debunked. Don't no. you know people who've had COVID four or five times? I do. That's yeah. not natural immunity. There's no immunity there. You've had COVID five times. Probably because you had too many vaccines. I gave you COVID. Uh, well, that's certainly nothing unscientific about the fact that the vaccine, which does weaken you in order to strengthen you. Says do all vaccines. Exactly. Yeah. But while you're in a weakened state, yes, that's why so many people like me got it, did not have it while the thing was raging and I was taking zero precautions because I was never that afraid of it. But that's anecdotal. Like, I've okay. had yeah, every but, booster oh, but, there uh, is Anecdotal that, yeah. And I have never had COVID. I get a flu shot once a year. I haven't had the flu in 20 years. Right. Well, I haven't eaten. I don't get a flu shot. Okay. So, so th- this is all anecdotal. Right. But, but, right. But, but you know the difference between anecdotal and, and statistical. I do. And, and, I'm, and statistically, you still have a 90% better chance of not being hospitalized, not dying if you're vaccinated. Oh, okay. well, that, but that's assuming all people are alike. And that is one of the giant fallacies in your way of thinking. We are not all alike. Yes, I would recommend and have recommended the COVID vaccine for the high risk people. Like if you're 90. But you're not, you're a talk yeah. show host. I'm a talk show host. It's not my job to recommend anything to anybody. And it's not Bill Maher's job to recommend anything to anybody. Like, like my position has always been, you know, like the councilman at the end says, make sure you have you get your vax. And he, as he says, pants are optional, but we're not recommending it because we think that we know we're recommending it because we know that we don't and that other people who study these matters have done the work and they recommend it. Get it. Absolutely. You need it. 
Some people don't. But you had Djokovic <laughs> didn't need it. But you had Aaron Rodgers didn't need it. But you had something like 1900 kids who died of COVID during no, the pandemic. No, I don't think that's right. The New York How many how many of them died from the vaccine? None. The the New York And and, and the, the thinking there is that well probably most kids are not going to die from COVID. So why bother with the vaccine? Cuz it's only going to be a few hundred kids, right? I don't know how many kids Died. Um, that seems very high this, to me. I, I know at, at one point the New York Times grossly talking about misinformation. They had to apologize. They got it completely wrong. She reported something like nine hundred thousand children have been hospitalized, and it was like sixty three thousand. So maybe those facts should be take there. the Bill Maher. Do you know what the New York Times does when they get it wrong? They uh, issue a correction, Bill. They that's uh, journalism. That's journalistic standard because they are going to get it wrong. Everyone is going to get it wrong. People are going to get it wrong. People are going to regularly get it wrong on any number of issues. <clears throat> the difference between Bill and the New York Times, we ain't got, we're not like some big New York Times stands around here, but the New York Times is like, oh shit, this article was incorrect. And they issue a retraction very publicly. And they give you the new version of the information that, is the, that, they, that they've determined is the best version of the information. That's how a retraction works. Bill Maher should uh, learn to do that. He's under no obligation to do it. He's a talk show host. He's not like a, like doing any uh, journalism or reporting. Papers can get it wrong and they print retractions. And, also, and you know this. But also the, with COVID or from COVID, did 1900 children die with COVID? Yes, it's a whole different okay, story. Okay, but take 7 million people worldwide. 7 million people worldwide who died from COVID. Like if, if even just a fraction of that is, and, and it's probably a larger fraction who died of COVID than who died with COVID. Even, if even just a fraction of that is, that's still a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of fucking people. Yes, and... But what? <laughs> okay, that's, but, that's, some, but that's some people... 7 million people. Things are... And you cannot prevent that. You, you can, though. I mean, you, 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 you can prevent. At what cost? But is what's the, the yes, cost of yes, getting a vaccine? What, what's, why is, why, what's well, the, the fact that you the don't, downside? The fact that you don't even have a clue what's the cost of getting a vaccine, that oh, you don't know the that? answer to that? <laughs> no, you're, 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 you, you completely want to shut your eyes to the fact that there are repercussions to all medical interventions, inclu including a vaccine. All vaccines, they come, they say side effects just like every medication does. Sure. You can see it in the literature. They can't write it on the back, you know, on the vaccine, so you have to dig them. And, and of course, there is a vaccine court because so many people have been injured. This is not a screed to say, don't do vaccines. I'm not against doing vaccines. I'm against doing vaccines that I don't think I need. I should be able to decide that for myself. In but you were able to. That's the other thing going on here is that it's it's being it's being painted as if people like Bill were not able to make that decision and they were. As he sits there like a whole lot of fucking people in this country who refuse to get it. They are able to make that decision. Inside my body uh but yes, there are there are but pathogens don't you, don't that you think that would the, come along that I would fight you for. But don't you think to the, get but the that, vaccine? Okay, but that's a good point to get the vaccine. And and you bring me to my next point. Don't don't you think that the the vitriol and the 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 just the the aggression towards the the the, the uh, that the anti-vaccination movement um, the way it souped itself up during all this, that the next time there is a pandemic, our public health system oh, is so weakened. Yes, it's exactly. So weakened. Because, of the, because of them 
and their fucking misinformation that made people skeptical. The but fact that everybody Trump. came out and said, if you get the vaccine, you 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 cannot get the disease. And then no, 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 no. I mean, they they did that. That's just absolutely not. They said it reduces transmission. Even they may have said stops transmission, but like. Because COVID, the way it's transmitted is the symptoms. If you get COVID, you've been vaccinated, you get COVID, you're asymptomatic. Uh, you're going to be less likely to transmit it to somebody else because you literally give it to somebody else by fucking coughing because it's fucking airborne. Then, of course, that was wrong. And you, and if you get the vaccine, you can't transmit it. <laughs> but and they were learning right along. I, it. I don't think people were talking in terms of ones like you can't. I don't think the public health officials were. I think there might have been cases where Joe Biden did. Um, but I don't think public health officials were talking in such uh, black and white terms here. I could be wrong. There may have been. Obviously, there are public health officials who fucked up during the pandemic. But like, what the fuck? It was a brand new virus. Yeah, they're going to give they're going to fuck up. Everybody fucks up at their job. I understand. They're I'm not. They're not they, I, you just said yourself, doctors are often wrong. They right. are, especially when okay. they're researching a and, brand and not, new disease. And I am not blaming them for it. I'm just saying that's why there shouldn't be the science. There's no <laughs> the in science. That's what you want. You want just to be the, no. the, the one. No. So like now he's putting, he's mad that this guy is like fucking like just, just even the most mild pushback going like, here's my view on this. And here's like sort of like what's going on in my case. Now Bill's like trying to say this guy's saying shit that he's not. He's not saying any of that. He didn't say any of that. He didn't say there's the science. That's what you want. Like, this is this is dishonest. This is incredibly dishonest. And uh, this is just like, but you could see Bill getting agitated. And this is just like the most mild, like polite pushback. Opinion. That's not true well, at all. Well, it is. No, the strength and of you science. And you don't want it. You don't know. The what strength it, of science is that it has the capacity to evolve. But and just acknowledge that some, that vaccines affect have ill effects on some people. I, I and they do. Of again, course they anecdotally, do. but statistically, it's here and it's here. It's like it's it's people. How many seven million people died of COVID? How many yes. people died from the vaccine? Probably well, okay, probably a few. But but I don't know what the if, number if, is, but I know it's we not seven million. If we were more judicious about who needed it versus who it might hurt, which would not be the blanket policy of just. Every but this this talking point here assumes that no one comes into contact with anyone else, right? That that you don't. That if you are like I was healthy, I, COVID was very unlikely to kill me. But this assumes that, like you know, not just my parents or whatever, but that in my day to day life, I'm not going to not know that I maybe have COVID and uh, spread it to somebody old just at the goddamn grocery store or the fucking post office. Everybody, one size fits all. Then perhaps we could take down the damages from the vaccine that happened. But then and we why vaccinate for take, anything? And why? then take down the. Why vaccinate for, for measles? Why not? Why, why vaccinate for mumps or rubella, pertussis? Why, why vaccinate for any of those things? Because somebody might get hurt by the vaccine. I mean, what, why, why do those vaccines, because COVID is newer? I, well, COVID is newer. It, it is, it, yes, it's new, but is that the only reason? I mean, no. this, this was, you, you, by the time no. you got the vaccine, I don't know if you had it, but by the time I got the vaccine, this was the most tested vaccine in the history of vaccination. Yes, I had because, it. So, because I had to so get many it. people by that point had had it. It's like, right. by the time it well, got into my arm, okay. it's like, all right, I think I'm going to be okay. Okay, well, I just so you know, I took one for the team. Okay, okay so, well, so, you know, that should go into it. I did something. Wait I, a minute, didn't he at the beginning of this say that he had natural immunity and was just going everywhere with unvaccinated? Wait a minute. I think he just fucking, I think he just, like, I'm pretty sure that he just changed his story. Wanted yeah. to, and we have to talk about this all night. I'm pretty sure that motherfucker just changed his story in the middle of the conversation. That's fucking weird. 
Actually, nothing surprises me anymore. <clears throat> so, uh, I think Seth MacFarlane did a pretty good job there. Um, I liked seeing Bill get agitated when Seth was just like, ah, come on, man. It seems like this is what's going on. Looks to me like here's how it's going. Uh, this seems to be uh, far worse than this other thing. And, um, you know, that's just sort of sort of what I think. It's sort of what seems to be the case. And then Bill was like, well, you want to fucking na 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 And it was like, well, he didn't say anything like that, dude. You're just mad that somebody fucking came, had the nerve to come to your Pee-wee's Playhouse ass fucking man cave and disagree with you. Fucking child. Fucking child. Anyway, that's the uh, podcast portion of the show. Once again, I've mentioned it a couple times. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, you can head on over to patreon.com slash ecoplex. Download the audio or the video or both. I don't know why you'd want both, but if you want both, you can download both there uh, for free. But while you're there, consider becoming a member or even better, go over to eplex.store and become a member of our uh, uh, membership there. You get the same exact benefits as Patreon, except that you also get automatic discounts on um, stuff in the store. I had that set up wrong for a little bit, but I have uh, now fixed that. And so it works uh, shout out to fourth wall. They were very helpful and they didn't even call me stupid, <laughs> which they should have because I had it set up wrong in a stupid way that didn't follow their, uh, very easy to understand instructions. So it's been a hell of a year. Happy new year to everybody, uh, listening live who the thing is uh, passed for. And we'll be here, uh, at least through the, the new year here on the West coast. The last time in 2023 that we play this song this is boomers by periscope and this will be the last time that i tell you that i'm going to uh already change the color of the lighting i suppose but i'm gonna change the content of my beverage this time because i don't usually drink beer on stream because it kind of makes me tired but i'm gonna go grab a i'm gonna go grab a nice stout out of the fridge pour it in a fucking pint glass like a maniac and we'll be back with some uh, red light stuff i have some great stuff tonight